Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Get started. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go back to a familiar, a very familiar passage of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 6. This is our main text that we're now just transitioning to where we're going to be mostly speaking about. Of course, I'll be jumping here and there for other Scriptures, but the main meat of our Scripture text is Ephesians chapter number 6. And then I want to start with verse number 10. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 10. Amen? Amen. And I'm using my um, iPad to read for the scriptures. I forgot my Bible, so... (laughs) And I just didn't get time to go to my office to get the other 50 that I got back there. (laughs) So, (laughs) Ephesians chapter number 6, starting with verse number 10. It says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Amen. I want to talk to you about overcoming falsehood with truth. Amen. Overcoming falsehood with truth. Amen. That's chapter number three that in the book Overcomer by Dr. David Jeremiah. We live tonight in a world of lies. I should have just left that pain on my head. Because you know what? I would have been lying to you. <laughs> I would not have had this beautiful, oh, Sister Dana, it was shiny black too, like when I was young. Woo! It was good, shiny black. But oh, it would have been a lie because guess what? I ain't got no, it didn't even have no follicle to attach. It just attached to my skin. (laughs) Amen. But we live in a world that is full of lies. Recently, it's moved on to where um, 
You know, there's been this movement now where used to on Facebook and all of these things, people would doctor themselves up, doctor up their pictures, make them look extra pretty and all that. And it has been false. And, you know, there was this big thing about the magazines, how they got these models of these women and how they just made them almost perfect like. And how other people would want to portray and do everything they could to look like these stars and rock music icons and all of this. But all under the disguise because those pictures were doctored. They were not true. Oh, I know there is an app on your phone right now that you could take a picture of yourself and you can, I can have, I can paint a tan on me. Ooh, I could get taller. I could get muscular. I'd have muscles. And all the while look real. But in reality, it's all fake. In reality, it's all fake. We live in a world full of lies. Amen. It's gotten so bad that church, we can't even believe what's on the news now anymore. And I think I have to say this, I blame a lot of it on social media stuff because now news is so quick that now people can post and you get news before even the main news people get it like Fox and CNN and all of that kind of stuff. Amen? Oh, you just get this news so quick and so these news reporters just want to report so that they can be the first on the scene it almost seems like get the truth later. But now let's just post all of this mess. But oh, it's a sad day. We live in a world of lies. And perhaps no other temptation or tempter is as easy to embrace as a simple lie. As a simple lie. Oh, the book had talked about those little white lies. <laughs> little white lies that we tell or you know we may sometimes tell a half truth or we might not tell all the details <laughs> so to speak amen oh the book had mentioned about a spin the word you hear a lot of that with political uh, news and all of that. How politicians will spin something. They will spin news so that it diverts from them but goes on to somebody else. They don't tell the full truth. I, I just, just to give you an example, I just saw where I went to just foxnews.com and the run in the front page they said that they were going to hold a, um, a hearing about the kids that they're detaining in these detention centers. But the pictures they're using are when President Obama was in office, not the current pictures that are today. And so they're explaining that that is a type of spin because they're able to say, this picture is of a detention center. This picture is of immigrant kids, but it is not current so it is spinning and to be honest that's it, I just get so sick of it <laughs> I get so sick of all of it that it's just it's just crazy but um 
But anyway, <laughs> that is what it was talking about, about a white light. And folks, if we are a spin, so to speak, and sometimes if we're not careful, we ourselves will spin or tell lies ourselves. Oh, can I tell you that? <laughs> I have told, I know it, but shame on me, I need to get in the corner. But oh, I have told little white lies and I've told half-truths when, you know, something has gone on with the property and a guest wants to ask a question about it and I'll give them information that maybe they don't need to know about, but I just need to tell them stuff and, oh my goodness, that's a lie. <laughs> that's not the truth. And sometimes, folks, we can get so caught up in our lies because we live in a world of lies. Amen. The God of this world is Satan, who is the father of lies. Amen. Oh, he specializes in lies. It's easy to assume that a lie is a foreign thing to us and something that invades our lives, homes, and relationships from the outside. We don't think too much about those because we think, well, it's not just an outright lie. It's just not telling the whole truth. Amen? And I know we can get into some murky water in here because I know, you know, you shouldn't... Well, let me say it this way. My mom always said, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> and you know, sometimes these little people have these ugly babies that come along and you know, we were taught that when you see them, you just say, oh, bless its heart. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's just being funny. Amen. But we just, oh, we live in this whole world of lies and it sometimes influences us so badly. But the Bible talks about, as we read in Ephesians chapter 6, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. What's interesting is that it's talking about the armor of God, but the belt is not a piece of armor. When you when I when I read the book and it showed some insight on this and I read a little bit more into it, but it was interesting is that this belt when it talked about a girdle when they when uh, the military was suiting up, they would have tunics, these long, almost dress-like uh, shirts, really long, up almost above their knee, and maybe sometimes even longer. And what they would do is they would put this belt, and this belt held everything together. They would put their armor, they would put all of this uh, things to protect them on, but the belt held everything together. The belt held the sword. The, he the belt held their money that they would have on them. Their belt would hold all these little gadgets and things that they would need on the battlefield or whatever. And sometimes when you would read, and I found this interesting when it said, girdle your loins, that means that they would get their skirt, their outfit, and tie it up to their belt. And so it would make their legs go up, 
so that they could cross over swamp areas or if they needed to run, it was short enough so that they could make longer strides. Amen? I always would get aggravated when I ran cross country and track because they would always make us wear these short shorts. And I hated them. They were nylon purple short shorts. And I mean, they just, oh my goodness, have mercy. Oh, it shamed the devil, I'll just tell you. But they'd be so short. But the reason is because you could get a longer stride when you ran. So that belt held that together. It was a central function that was vital to most of the soldiers' armor and weapons. And while the belt had no offensive function of its own, it was the piece of equipment that essentially held everything else together, keeping the soldier ready for anything he might face. That's what that belt does. I wear a belt every day with my pants and shorts or whatever. I always wear a pants because I don't know when my kid's going to act up. No, just kidding, just kidding. But it holds my pants up. <laughs> and I've just, for whatever reason, I've always had this problem where my, if I don't wear a pants, my, or excuse me, a belt, my pants will slowly creep down and y'all don't want none of that so shorts and all that stuff so those belt that belt helps hold it my pants together that's interesting folks because as we read ephesians as we read of all the armor and all the thing the first thing paul said was the belt and we know that the belt holds everything together the belt is the belt of truth and folks, the belt of truth, truth holds everything together. Amen? Without truth, we would not know that Jesus was the Son of God. Without truth, we wouldn't know that he, would, he died on a cross for our sins. Without truth, we wouldn't know that there was a way of escape from this sin-sick world. Without truth. Amen? Truth holds everything together. Truth is what fits us for the life of a Christian. And we know the truth and live the truth. We can access our weapons quickly and confidently without fear that anything is out of place in our lives. Because it holds it together. Man, if that soldier needed to go to war, he knew where his... his um, excuse me, his sword was, and he was able to draw it. Amen. If he needed to protect himself, he knew where his shield was, and he was able to protect himself. If he knew he needed money or something, he knew exactly. If he needed rope, they would carry rope sometimes. He would know exactly because of the belt. Second Corinthians 4 and 2 says, But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. 
Truth gives us courage to stand against our enemy. Truth holds everything together. And it, with that truth, we're able to stand against the enemy. Why? Because he lies. <laughs> that devil lies to us so many times. And see, folks, this is all talking about how we are able to be overcomers through falsehood, through lies, through deception, through things that this world wants to do and Satan wants to feed and lay seeds in your mind and in your heart, these lies. But praise God, we can overcome this by truth. Amen? Truth. So the question now is, what is truth? What is truth? There's been this saying that um, recently, a couple of years, that people have been saying that you've got to live your truth. Live who you are. And I, I have to say, I agree and I don't agree with this statement. What they're saying is basically like, I'm living my truth is basically this is who I am, this is how I am. You just got to live with it. And y'all know that each individual has their different personalities and have different things. And yes, I do agree that you're supposed to be who you are. You're not supposed to be a common carpy of nobody else or anything like that. But I also have to understand that this life that we have is not our own anymore. This life that we have, this new, this Christian walk is now not ours anymore. It's not my life no more. Oh, I might have plans and dreams and all this kind of stuff, but the reality of it is, is this isn't my life. When I got saved and I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and be my Savior, be my Lord, I turn ownership of my life from me to Him. And now He's Lord over my life. He should be. And so, folks, there are some things that in life, and I do believe God doesn't want to, God's not going to mess you up just to mess you up for, just because you got nothing else to do. But He's also trying to mold us into the image of Jesus Christ, His Son, our elder brother. See, folks, that's another thing. We have to understand what truth is. Truth is is not necessarily a statement. Truth is not necessarily something that can be proven factual. But do you know that truth is a living thing? I didn't go into too many, but I'll just give you the descriptions here. But do you know that God is truth? There is such a thing as truth... And the God of truth knows what it is. Deuteronomy 32 and 4. God is truth. The Bible says that there is no lie in Him. He is truth. That's amazing because you know what? People say there's nothing God can't do. There is one thing God can't do. Lie. He can't do it. He can't lie. Oh, but He is the embodiment of of truth. The Father, the first person of the Trinity, is truth. Psalms 31 and 5 and Isaiah 65 and 16 talk about that. Not only is God truth, 
Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who came from the Father, is full of grace and truth. John 1 and 4, John 14 and 6 talks about Jesus is truth. Amen? He is the truth. What he says is true. He said to those disciples, if it were not so, I would have told you. See, talking about those mansions in heaven and all that. Oh, if it wasn't true, I would have told you the truth. Because he speaks the truth. Amen? The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ was and is the communicator of truth. The witness to the truth. The origin of the truth and the preacher of the truth. He is truth embodied. Jesus is. Jesus is the truth. So see folks what I'm saying. This stuff that's going on on owning your truth or, or speak your truth. Ah, they don't know the truth that I know. Because <laughs> really the truth if we've got to really get down to it in this book. Is truth. The Word of God is truth. Jesus is truth. Father God is truth. Truth is a living thing. Truth is not a system or a philosophy. It's a person. It's a person. And just like the first two persons of the Godhead, the third, the Holy Ghost, is also truth. He's the Spirit. Of truth. Oh, hallelujah. He will lead and guide us, John 15, 26, John 16 and 13, 1 John 5 and 6. All of that is talking about how the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is that agent of truth that will lead us and guide us into all truths. He's our guide. He's our comforter. He's our help. He's our one that we go to when we need answers. Amen? And He's our truth. Truth is not some kind of idea, a flexible concept, or a theoretical assumption. It is a solid, clearly defined, unalterable entity. Isn't it funny where you will read a report that will tell you that bacon is bad for you. Don't eat bacon. These doctors and all that. Don't you eat that bacon. It's high and all these things. And all of a sudden someone else comes up and says, no, that's not true. You're supposed to eat bacon and eat a lot of it. You can't get enough of bacon. Then they'll go back and say, no, that's not it. It's eggs. Don't you eat those eggs. They're causing cancer. Don't you eat those eggs. Then it's all no eggs are good for you. See, see how the truth in this world can be uh, can change in just a moment. Truth can change with a fad. Oh, someone can look at me and say, "Adam, you look so nice." Oh, Sister Cat, you just look so nice with what you got on your outfit. Looks so pretty, and we just oh, it just looks nice. And then a few years down the road, Sister Cat wears that same thing, and someone says. Sister Cat, you need to put that thing up. That thing need to go to the Goodwill. That's old. We want to wear that stuff no more. See? Truth. (laughs) See how truth was first. It was nice. Now it's, 
Oh, it's bad now. This world's truth is full of ups and downs and it is nothing that we can rely on. But the only thing we can rely on is Jesus Christ. The only thing we can rely on is that Word of God. The only thing we can rely on is the leading and the speaking of the Holy Ghost into our lives. And the only person we can rely to is our Father God. Amen. He's truth embodied. Amen. So now that we've got all that out of the way, <laughs> we know what truth is. We know that what Jesus says is truth. We know what's in our Bible is truth. The, the Scripture even declares that the Word of God is truth. Amen. Now, let's get on to the nitty-gritty here. How can we overcome falsehood by truth? How can we do that? First thing we've got to do is we have to seek truth. As we stand as truth tellers in a world of falsehood, God does not leave us unprepared. How do we outfit ourselves with the belt of truth and overcome falsehood? It starts with seeking the truth. And how do we seek the truth? By meditating on God's Word. Psalms 119 and 78 says, Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Amen. Oh, that psalmist is saying, you know, those people, they're just telling me lies and all that. But I'm just going to meditate on your truth. How we start by overcoming this falsehood, this false narrative, is by seeking the truth. And the truth can only be found in the Word of God. Folks, there has been so many people in this world that have tried their best to disprove this Word of God. They have done every... They have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to tell us God's Word is false. Somebody has made it up. It's just this, that, and the other. But every time somebody rears their ugly head to come against God's Word, truth comes out. Folks, if we need to seek truth, if you want truth in your life, if you're looking for something that's true, you'll find it in the Word of God. Amen. I appreciate this book that we're reading. I appreciate the concepts and the things that we're learning and we're gathering while we're reading this book, while I'm, while, we're, while I'm teaching this and we're studying it and preaching it. But the fact of the matter is all of this came from one book. That was written thousands of years ago, and it's the Bible. Because, folks, one day, this author is going to write another book. And one day, this book, Overcomer, is just going to be a, on a shelf, and there'll be something a lot better than that. But that Word of God has stood the test of time. It said to date, the number one best-selling book of all time is the B-I-B-L-E. Because <laughs> that's the book for me. <laughs> oh, it's the Word of God. I'm telling you. Oh, I've had to take some studies and, and tests and things like that. And, 
And one thing that they would do, and one thing that I have noticed is they would say that it's an, sometimes an open book test. So all of the answers you can find in the book. Folks, can I tell you all the answers you're looking for are found in the book, the Bible. All the answers we seek are in the book. To do battle with the enemy, the believer needs to know the truth about God, the truth about Christ, the truth that it is in the Bible. And we have to study the Bible, to study the truth. You know, study to show thyself approved under God, a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we get all of that. Uh, I think we, we quite understand that. We know that the Bible is true. We know that the Word of God is true. The, we know all of this stuff. We've been taught it all our lives. We know it's true. But the other problem with that is not only do we have to know the truth, we have to submit to the truth. Uh-oh. Folks, that's hard. That's hard sometimes. That's hard sometimes when you are on the phone with someone that's really nasty and they're cussing you up of the storm and you're about ready to say I'm fixing to find this joker and let him have a just a little piece not the whole piece but just a tiny little piece of my mind but then understanding that the word said that we're supposed to pray for those that do us wrong we're supposed to pray for them we're supposed to love them that do deceitful to us See, folks, it's easy for us. And see, you, you can see this. You can see this on Facebook. You can see this all over where people will say, I talked to a lady the other day and they were talking about how this individual, they know, they know that God is real and they know all of these things. But the problem is, <laughs> kind of like what I preached that one day, you can know something but do you really know it? Are you submitting yourselves to the truth that is in the Bible? And again, I'm going to tell you something. I pick my finger every morning and I draw blood. <laughs> so that indicates I'm human. And you're human and we all make mistakes. We're all going to fall up short. We're all going to do that. But how we have to do it is we have to seek the truth. But we have to submit to the truth. And folks, that's a, easy, that's a hard pill to swallow. And that's not an easy road to take. But sometimes with grit teeth, we have to say, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. You have a blessed day. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then you say, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's the truth, though. Some We have to. It's not just about knowing the truth. It's about submitting ourselves to what the Bible says. He says, be ye not doers. Of the word. Be, be not hearers of the word, excuse me, but doers also. Don't just hear the truth, do it. <laughs> like Nike. I don't like Nike right now, but Nike, just do it. Just do it. We have to submit to the truth. How we can also overcome falsehood is by speaking the truth. And I'm not going to go too much into that because we've had a 
we had a good Bible lesson about speaking the truth and how our mouth, what we say, amen, is very powerful. And sometimes we have to speak the truth. Folks, let me tell you something. We have to speak the truth to ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we have to get up in the morning when we don't feel right, we don't feel good and say, the Bible says I'm healed. <coughs> the Bible says I'm delivered. The Bible says that, um, that when I'm weak, he'll give me strength. That's speaking truth. That's just saying to yourself, the, that's just declaring what the promises are. God, these demons are just keep squalling and yelling and screaming. That's all that I'm hearing. But, by, but your word said that your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. You're going to help me. You're going to get me, get me through this. You're going to help me. Some, you're going to help me. We have to speak the truth sometimes to our situation. But mostly, folks, we just have to speak the truth to ourselves. <laughs> we have to say, I, I don't know, but I'm just blessed. The Bible says I'm blessed. The Bible says that as long as I'm, uh, as long as I am, uh, if I just uh, study and I get myself close to God and I seek righteousness and I do these things and I do things that are pleasing to God, He's just going to bless me. When your tire, when all four tires are flat and the washing machine just broke and you got rats in your house and, and everything else and all this kind of snakes everywhere and everything seems to be falling apart and all this kind of stuff. You just got to say, God, I just know I'm doing everything that your word says and I'm just blessed. We've got to speak the truth to ourselves sometimes, church. We just have to declare what the word says. And I'm not... And again, I'm not going to no name it, claim it. Don't put no oil on no brand new Mercedes and get in trouble by the car dealership saying I claim it in the name of Jesus. No, don't do that. But you can just go to this Bible and say these promises are for me. These promises are mine. These promises were written for me. And I can claim them. And they're the truth. Devil, I'm not, a, I'm not defeated. I'm an overcomer. We're, you're already a defeated foe. Amen. Amen. We have to overcome falsehood by speaking the truth. Overcome, speak the truth boldly. We have to speak it boldly. And we have to speak lovingly. Ephesians 4 and 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We have to speak the truth lovingly. Lovingly to one another. Amen? Amen. We overcome falsehood by living the truth. It takes confession to live the truth, and it takes correction to live the truth. And I know, and again, I'm not going to spend long on that because I think we, like I said, we had a study on that. We had a big study about speaking the truth and knowing the truth and speaking God's words and not speaking negative but speaking positively. But let me deal on this here too. It takes correction to live the truth. It takes correction to live the truth sometimes. Sometimes Father God has to be daddy and whip us. Sometimes Father God has to take us in the corner and say, you sit in that corner now. 
you did what you did something that was a, that was wrong, and you need to you need to just dwell on it a little bit. Yes, Lord, I've got weapons. God said you shouldn't have done that. Oh Lord, but no, you just shouldn't have done it. I know it. You shouldn't have said that. Why'd you say that? No, I know it. But oh, you just go in the corner now. Go in that corner. I'll get my belt later. <laughs> but see, that's one thing. And we're not the. And I love. Don't the Bible just have every answer in the world that you have? Because he says, don't feel bad when you get corrected, because that's when you know that you're his child. That's the Bible. He said, hey, don't you get upset when God gets on to you. That's just reinforcing the fact that he loves you. I know that I'm looking at parents and I've said the same thing to my kids. I spank you and I discipline you because I love you. I whip you because I love you. You're on restrictions because I love you. You're not going to do what you want to do because you messed up. And so if I love you, if I didn't love you, I'd just let you do whatever you want to. But because I love you, I'm going to correct you. See, that Word of God not only has to shed light into truth, it also should shine lights into our own lives and say, Adam, you need to deal with this. There was somebody in this church that came up to me and said, I want you to know, Adam, that um, preaching, were you preaching and all that stuff? You know, for whatever reason, you were preaching something, and I mean, God just showed me how selfish I was. I thought, oh my goodness, I, I hope. And she said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't take it wrong like that. It's good. Because I, it has showed that I have been selfish. And I need to change. And they told me some other things. But see, folks, that's how correction is. That's how God is just saying, hey, you're not where, I'm, where you're supposed to be. But that's okay. <laughs> We're just going to correct it. There's a lot of things with my job with marketing. And I talked to Marcy about this. And I said one of the aggravating things about sales and marketing is if you try something and you don't get the results you, you get, you don't just throw your hands out and say, well, it's not going to work. What you've got to do then is look at it and change it and say, okay, if that didn't work, then we've got to change it this way. And you're constantly having to change until you get the result that you won't. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get a little bit healthier. And there are some things that I have learned that I've got to do away with. And I've said this before, and Lord Jesus, this is horrible, but I can't drink any Coke. I didn't drink Coke for Sunday. I didn't drink any Coke on Sunday. And my sugar was like 80-something. It's never been that low. It's usually like in the low hundreds. But see, there was an indicator. Adam, <laughs> see, I told you you can't have those Cokes. Why not? Because he's being mean to me. It's because it's damaging myself. It's hurting me. So I have to live in that. I have to accept that and say, God, you're teaching me. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. We've got to make changes to get the results. I don't want to stick needles in my belly and all that kind of stuff and have to do. I, can't, I don't like no needles. It, I have to like pray and, and speak in tongues and to get the needle to just do my, <laughs> to check my blood. <laughs> I've got to, you know, Jesus, here I am, Lord. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> to check it. I don't want to have to do that constantly to get insulin. But see, folks, what I'm saying is correction's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's saying that he's, uh, he's, 
We are being more and more made image into the image of Christ. Amen? That's what it is. And I love at the end of the chapter, at the end of the book, it says, turn up the volume on truth. And Dr. David Jeremiah was talking about Billy Graham. And he talked about such how such a pioneer this man was. I mean, you know, I guarantee you right now, if you were to call heaven directly, Billy Graham would be the receptionist and say, Hello, heaven. Can, <laughs> who can I transfer you to? I mean, <laughs> we laugh about that and all that, and I just think that's funny sometimes, my crazy mind. But just that's how much influence he had. And the influence he had was because he preached the truth. He preached that there was no other way, no other person you can believe but Jesus Christ. And then he talked about how he died and that he went to his funeral and that he was there and all that. And he, and he said to himself, man, such a big microphone of the gospel has been silenced. A big megaphone, that's what he said. A big megaphone. He was such a presence. And I remember Brother Tommy Moore had said this sometimes. Um, when he would talk to us when meetings and things like that, he'd say, sometimes when I look at these old saints that have passed away, like Sister Brown and all these other ministers that were just huge pioneers, and they passed. And he had said, you know, I wonder if that message passed with them or did that message go? Did their message resonate with somebody else? Basically is what he's saying. And as Dr. Jeremiah was thinking about this, he said, you know, and God was talking to him and basically saying, you might not be a big megaphone like Billy Graham was. You know, Billy Graham could just say, I'm having a crusade, and he'd have to pack the whole, you know, Atlanta Brave stadiums and all that big places. He just can't have a little place like that. But, you know, Dr. David Jeremiah is a popular person, a well-known preacher, but he's not that well-known. But God was telling him, listen, you might not have the big megaphone, but you've got a microphone and you can tell the truth. And so he said, that's it. That's all what this is about, church. How we go against falsehood. Because I'm telling you, we live in a world that's telling us lies each and every day. We're living in a world that will tell us a lie that says, no, you don't need to believe that. That's old fashioned. No, you don't need to preach about sin. You're going to hurt people's feelings and people aren't going to come to your church. No, you can't do that. You can't speak on the Holy Ghost. They'll think you're crazy. No, you can't do You can't. You got to be calm. You got to do all these different things. And you have to understand that they're lies. They're lies. I like programs and I like doing cool things and I like doing stuff like that. But my Bible never told me that I've got to have these kind of outreaches and hot dog day and all that kind of stuff. But it said, preach the gospel. Preach the truth. And folks, like I'm reiterating again from last Sunday morning, folks, we've got to be about preaching the truth. Whatever we do, it's got to ex exemplify the gospel. Amen? It's got to be whatever we do, we, we better have that message that Jesus is Lord and salvation is available. And if you need Prayer, 
it, it, we, we don't have to wait. I appreciate a phone call that I got this afternoon. And all it was was, I'm hanging up, pray. Yep. And we prayed. I prayed. Amen. I appreciate that because that's what it's about. That's what it is about is getting that prayer life. Getting, showing and just exemplifying the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.